The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's nine minutes after eight and time for a very important discussion this morning on the forum at eight. And uh, let me just indicate that we will have, you know, a series of discussions around the land question uh, because there's much to be said. There are various points of views and we'll try to bring as many of them as we possibly can uh, so that you can hear them and engage with them in order to try and get to a point where we can ultimately come up with a solution to this problem. Now, during a parliamentary debate, Debate on land expropriation last week, COPE leader Monsieur Lekota gave a brief history about the original inhabitants of the land in South Africa and also title deeds. And during his speech, he cautioned against just taking land away from people. He thanked both the constitution and history and said that South Africa now belongs to everyone. Lakota concluded by saying that this subject is fraught with dangers if we don't think carefully about what we are doing and um, that we need more discussion on this question. Otherwise, we will be putting this country in danger. So on the Forum at 8 this morning, we'll be unpacking this debate with Musiwa Lekota uh, with a view to having more conversations around this subject. This is what Lekota had to say. My dear friends and colleagues, I think it's important that we must remind each other today in this debate that a lot of research and thought went into the drafting of the constitutional clause that is there. Let's remind each other that before 1913, there exists no record of a large-scale dispossession of the crude nature that General Herzog introduced in June of 1913. With the arrival of various peoples in this part of the world that we call South Africa today, some from Europe, others from, from the Philippines here as slaves, others from Malaysia as slaves, others from England, others from, from Germany and France as religious, uh, fugitives from religious wars, arrived here over between 1652 and 1913. All of those people, no, you need to think. You must think. In this country, the people congregated here. They joined with each other. Today we have, and then those people, there was no, there was no title before they came. Title became part of the process of settlement. And then in the course of all of that, people of our country mixed and all of that, they emerged among other things. They made a large number of the population of our country today called Kalat. I don't know who Kalat who. Nevertheless, nevertheless, even those people know over there you must think, you must think, and you must confront history. And then people acquire title and acquire title all over. By the way, here in the Cape under the British and KZN under the British, there was, there was uh, what was called qualified franchise. Many of you think there was always apartheid. Apartheid is introduced in 1948. But throughout all of us, 
all of our people were entitled to buy and possess land and that's how title became the order of the day in South Africa. It was only in 1913 when General Herzog, after the National Party had won the elections, introduced the 1913 Land Act and passed a law that said black South Africans can only be entitled to live on 8, on 8%, 8 something percent of the land of South Africa. And that was followed by what Sol Plaki deals with systematically in native life in South Africa, of how Africans were dispossessed. And that he, they tried to ameliorate in 1935-1936 Land and Trust Act. When they tried to increase that 8% to 13%, and that is why when we were negotiating at Codesa, it, in fact over the years, even in prisons on Robben Island, we studied this question to understand how we could get our country out of the depth of the danger of mutual slaughter for no reason. That we concluded that the 1913 Land Act represented a major point at which we must say people that owned land and that still had titles, some still have, others didn't have because they'd lost them, that those people must come forward with those titles and that land must be returned to them. Honorable Member. That is the first point. I, I want to make that point. This subject, Honorable Member, this subject is fraught with dangers if we don't think expired. what we are doing. I thank you, Chair, but this is not... We need more discussion on this question. Thank you, Honorable Member. Otherwise, we're putting our country in danger. So that's what transpired uh, during the parliamentary debate last week. And uh, to expand upon these assertions, this morning we are joined by the Congress of the People leader, Mr. Musiwa Lekota, who joins us uh, on the line. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina, and good morning to the listeners. Mr. Lekota, let's start with this um, assertion that uh, South Africa belongs to everybody, because I see this is the one that uh, our listeners are questioning most vociferously this morning. What do you mean by that, and how would you explain that to someone who contends that assertion? Sakina, I'm very glad that you, you played the initial input that I made in Parliament. I didn't complete that. Let me complete it for, 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 for the sake of all of us. Apart from all of the people that landed in the Cape, we have the Indian section of the population of South Africa. They came here as indentured laborers, and they came to grow sugar cane, and the sugar cane fields of Natal were developed on uh, Indian labor. They came as indentured laborers. They were not here to steal the land. They came here to work. And, And in the process, they ultimately settled. Some came as passenger Indians. Those who were indentured laborers ended up uh, staying here permanently. They, they became part of South Africa, Chatsworth, Verulam, and all of those townships of Durban. Many of them were part of the campaign when gold was discovered in, 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 in the Transvaal to come and work here. They were part of Mahatma Gandhi's long march across Natal into uh, Transvaal. Uh, those today's Indian population who are also landowners are citizens that became uh, South Africans through no fault of their own, through no n- nefarious intention. And so now we have them. 
as part of our population. If we are going to say we are going to take land from them, we will be taking land from a grand, great-grandchildren of men and women who came here through, no, through force of, of uh, history. Then there was the discovery of diamonds, and people moved from all parts of the world, not to come and steal anybody's land, but to, to dig alluvial diamonds. As a matter of interest, a fact of history. Susan John Rhodes first came to Natal as a patient uh, because he was his parent, his countryside father sent him there, so who was who was a, a countryside preacher. Brought him there because his health was weak, so for the lack of, of sunlight in 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 in, uh, in England. Now many people think that he came here as a general and all of that. He started digging. He went to Kimberley from KZM when the farm they were trying to develop there uh, to grow cotton failed. And he went over the titles with his elder brother, and they went, and he was digging alluvial diamonds in Kimberley. That's why he started making his, his wealth. All of the properties he had afterwards were as a result of his success with that diamond, alluvial diamond mining in the great hole. And there are many people like that. Uh, we're going to take from the great-grandchildren. You see, Kate, this Rhodes money, he, he gave all his land. Where the University of Cape Town Standard now is the land that belongs to him. He gave it for Cape Town to University to develop. But that President Mandela uh, uh, added the incomes or contributions of 4664 to enhance Cape Town. Because this man says we need a university here for the people. All right. Mr. Lakota, I tell you what, we're just going to take a quick spot break because uh, you seem to be fading out there. We're going to come back. We continue this conversation with the leader of the Congress of the People, uh, Mr. Musiwa Lakota. And of course, we'll open the lines for you to engage with him on the question of the land. Uh, Mr. Lakota saying that uh, this issue of um, expropriation of land without compensation uh, may be catastrophic, if not well thought through and uh, processed uh, in the interest of all. So we'll take your views after this. The world's greatest CEOs, directors and managers know the secret to success in business is grooming future leaders. Achieve your success with a life-changing Regent Business School MBA degree. This is your final registration opportunity. For more on the Regent MBA degree and undergraduate qualifications, including the BCom and B Admin degrees, email study at regent.ac.za or visit regent.ac.za. The 10th edition of the NetBank Cup is back with a bang this week. Kiona! On Wednesday, African All-Stars travel to Pitamukaba Stadium to tackle Pulukwani City. Do not miss this exciting encounter. It is the NetBank Cup. Kickoff is at half past seven. Tickets are available at Ticket Pro, Edgars, Jet, and CNA from 40 Rand. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. SAFM brings you live, interactive, topical news from current affairs, global warming debates, women's issues, to interviews with top literary connoisseurs. To join our conversations, visit our website on safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. SAFM, 
South Africa's news and information leader. On tonight's SAFM market update with MoneyWeb, bulls, bears, stocks, markets and trends, understanding market terms 101. Tune in between 6 and 6.30 p.m. to find out more about all the market terms and the issues on a daily basis with market expert and founder of Just One Lap, Simon Brown. That's tonight on the market update with MoneyWeb, only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Few things make us powerful beyond measure. Knowing our constitutional rights is one of them. Section 15 of the Bill of Rights states that everyone has the right to freedom of conscience, religion, thought and opinion. SAFM, reminding South Africans everywhere that our constitution wasn't designed for the country, but rather for the people in it. And that's what makes us South Africa's news and information leader. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Thanks so much for uh, staying with us here on AM Live. And no, there's nothing wrong with Ntate Lekota. He is here. He's sitting across from me. He's absolutely fine. Not to worry about that. And we are, of course, uh, talking about his sentiments uh, during a, the parliamentary debate on land expropriation last week, uh, where he cautioned that we ought to be careful about how we address this particular question, um, lest we put the country in danger. So we are taking more of those sentiments and also your calls on 891 Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or you can send us an SMS to the number 34701. I just want to take a few callers who've been there uh, clearly uh, chomping at the bit to get in on the conversation. So let's just take those two calls and then Ntate Lekota will uh, respond to that. Uh, Hassan Logat in Joburg, good morning. Good morning. I see the football is almost so fit, eh? But uh, listen, Sakina, um, can I, I... I mean, I think I misheard uh, Mr. Lakota when he said uh, the National Party passed these laws in 1913 and, I guess, 36. It was before they got into power formally in 1948. So, clearly, these measures were racist, and uh, let's agree with that. But uh, my points are more that when Mr. Lakota talks about being careful, it doesn't mean that we should necessarily be cautious. Because currently, we work in the mining communities. I work for the Benchmarks Foundation. And we are aware of the massive relocations where people are displaced currently in a democratic dispensation without proper records by the DMR. So people are moved. Fifteen years ago, one community in Gaborhom, uh, where Madisha comes from, uh, were moved to make place for platinum mining. They were promised a whole range of things. They got a township house, 20,000 rand, far away in the Northern Cape, another community of Dingleton, which has also been in the news, they have titled it. The others are cutting their rights. They have different uh, uh, responses by the company. The one is on millions, the other one is on 20,000. So clearly, no records have been set by the mining uh, uh, authorities. So this relocation continues now. Land has been robbed of people, and we need to have a proper discussion. So I welcome this. But let's include it far wider of the continuing injustice by a progressive government that promised to do much more. All right. Thanks, Hassan Logat. Frank Talk in Mangaung. Good morning. Morning. Um, you know, my outstanding respect to Tadelkota is a free state. Uh, but, but let, you know, we got a defy here. Tadelkota, you know, colonialism started with your scramble for Africa, the Berlin Conference. Now, colonialism, as I understand it, was the acquisition and dispossession of Africans of their land. 
Now, we can't reduce this to 1913 when this it is, it is now made an act. Our understanding is that the settlers that got into the country dispossessed Africans of their own land. That's why you have uh, MPFN Lome, that's why you have Sanjuana, that's why you have uh, uh, Kukun fighting with the white settlers here. So I, 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 I do not really agree that we need to start from 1913 because the dispossession happened way before as soon as the settlers set their foot in Africa, in South Africa in particular, in our, in our context. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, Frank Talk, uh, is it Linen in Linden, in Linden? Good morning. Good morning, morning. I, I, I agree with the, 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 the land distribution without compensation, but there's one question that is unanswered to me. Is I have I had a piece of land in, in, in Plattenberg Bay, which I sold. Uh, but my, the question is, if you take the land, who takes care of the bond? And if you don't take care of the bond, who takes care of the bank? And who takes care of the banking crisis that follows after that? And who takes care of the currency that falls after that? So there's a domino effect that, that happens with us because most people have bonds on their land. And it's, it's owned by the banks, not by the people who is on the land. And that is the question that I would like to have an answer on. Okay. Thanks so much, uh, Lainan. So let's start by addressing those questions, um, yes. I suppose, in response to your broader input to the yes. subject. Yes. Uh, first of all... Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Logart, I must agree with you. Uh, you can see that the issues that you are referring to are post-1930. The reason at the negotiations we took a position that uh, ni- June, 19th, June 1913 was a point really to start at is the first recorded major dispossession of black sections of the population of land where title already existed. Let me mention, if only in passing, that the qualified franchise of what you call the Cape was the Northern Cape, the Western Cape, and the Eastern Cape. There was qualified franchise there. There was no racial discrimination uh, as we know, we came to know it under apartheid. What happened at that time was that labor that was used was largely slave labor. The workers that had come from Europe to settle there and started uh, growing vegetables as a halfway station. By the way, Europeans didn't leave Europe to come to South Africa. They were going to the Philippines, they were going to India, because they were already trading with those people. They went there for the spices and discovered us almost by accident. And then they made a halfway station. I'm, I'm talking to the people in South Africa. And from that point onwards, there was... There was this qualified franchise, as I say. Many slaves escaped from the Cape and went deep inland. One of the most outstanding examples is the Opperman's Hronde. Opperman was a slave that escaped from the Cape, established himself in the Southwest Free State, and ultimately owned huge tracts of land. And he bequeathed it to generations of the Oppermans when they would come. It still is the property of his great-grandchildren. That title still stands today, to, to this day. Now, but to answer your question, I think that we must place the blame and the, the, the witnesses to, uh, to those who continue to allow this 15 years that you are talking about and, and, and all of these, um, uh, you know, things which are no longer allowed under the law since we adopted the Constitution.
And with you, I must agree with you, therefore, that with regard to where land has been taken from people and uh, uh, unjustly, the Constitution says it must be corrected. And we can't blame the Constitution for that. We must blame the government that does not stop that kind of thing. So we need that we need to correct. Uh, with regard to, I don't know whether I've, I've answered your question in full, or this question of without compensation. Mm. How do you take the land of the children of Opperman, a slave who worked, raised his own capital, and bought this land, and left it for his children. When you take that land from his children, who have title to it and so on, surely you can't take it, even if you want to take it without, but you can't take it without compensation. Constitution says if, if you find that there was an unjustness that Opperman did in acquiring that land, you may therefore correct that. But what injustice did he do? He only bought the land, title was there for everybody, and then owned the land. So we can't, without compensation, it's a very dangerous thing. Mm. So, 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 and I think what people are asking, uh, we have to go to a news break, but uh, perhaps something you can ponder on during this break is, so what about what went before title deeds came into play? Yes. What, 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 how should that particular question be addressed? We have to go to news headlines. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Ntate Musiwa Lekota and also continue taking your calls. Nonsam Luli up with the latest news headlines. Thanks, Sakina. Human rights organization Black Sash says it's standing in solidarity with the millions of people who are concerned about what will happen to them when the existing contract between Sasa and CPS ends at the, on the 31st of this month. Yesterday, Social Development Minister Batabile Lamini affirmed during a media briefing that payments would be made. And the National Assembly will tomorrow approve the final SABC inquiries report. The National Assembly's Program Committee says the report is scheduled to be considered in the afternoon. The ad hoc committee will seek the final approval of the House before the report can be implemented. And over 20 countries bordering the Indian Ocean have vowed to ensure sustainable and equitable growth to benefit their people. The Indian Ocean Rim Association Summit underway at the, in the Indonesian capital Jakarta has adopted four documents on peace and stability in the Indian Ocean region. I'll have more details at 9. Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road ahead. Southern Pretoria is still very heavy on the M1 South. An earlier crash coming down to the uh, N4 Vitbank Highway split. Traffic still pretty bad from the uh, N4 Rustenburg Highway. Uh, join as you make your way down towards that. Sefako Makato uh, badly backed up trying to get onto the N1 as you come from Montana as well. Also a crash on Eski and Pathleti Drive near the cement factory. That's causing a delay still out of Vanderboom Junction and keeping the real pressure on the Mopani Highway from Brits Road. There's also a crash on the Mopani Highway uh, before you get to Brits Road as well. Uh, the protesting at Olivenode Bosch this morning blocking the R- 55 and forcing traffic uh, in quite big numbers onto Summit Road. So heavy pressure around the Olivia, not Bosch closure, uh, but also the uh, Summit Road out by uh, Deepslid as motorists divert that way. Uh, still absolutely jam-packed. There's some lights out in Parkhurst, sticks at uh, First Avenue West. So big delays from uh, Victory Park and Linden areas coming out through trying to get to uh, Rosebank area this morning. Hendrik Portkeeter is standstill from Strubens Valley uh, down to 14th Avenue. That whole 14th Avenue, Hendrik Portkeeter, N1 interchange, absolutely snarled up. Uh, motorists 
I believe, with engines off around that junction at this stage. Uh, going into Durban, the N3 still queued up for probably uh, maybe just over a kilometre as you head down towards the Marion Hill Plaza. Uh, there is also this problem with the broken down truck just near Westwood Mall, so coming over Umgena Road, remaining slow. Uh, Cape Town, a cycle event out at the Club Mutz uh, interchange. So uh, from Paul, the R44 coming down towards the N1, down towards Club Mutz, uh, heading direction Stellenbosch. Very heavy queue of traffic there, unusually so this morning. And still a lot of pressure coming in from the south. I guess a lot of uh, issues with the trains mean extra traffic. M3 still from Constantia. Uh, the main road up through Weinberg to Claremont's busy. The M5 still backing up heavily from Kenilworth. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. So this morning on the Forum at 8, we're talking about the land question. And as uh, I'd indicated, perhaps I should just uh, stress this one again. We will be speaking to various people, various parties about their view on this land question. And they will give us their perspective on it and you are able to interact with them. And in the end, ultimately, you'll be able to make up your mind having heard all those differing perspectives on this particular matter. So this morning, uh, we are speaking to the leader of the Congress of the People, Ntate Musiwa Lakota, giving us uh, her, his view on this historical perspective. And uh, we're taking your calls as well on 0891-104-208. But I asked the question before the break about what happens to uh, the land question before the issuing of title deeds. Is that something that should simply be ignored? Uh, well, thank you very much. Let me see. Well, I've got to answer a Frank talk because he made an important point here. Uh, before I deal with that, however, let me say this, uh, that many South Africans do not realize the sections of the population of South Africa that are called the Bantu-speaking tribes is not the original inhabitants of this region. Let us confront that hard fact. The first people here were the Khoi the Koi, what you'd call Nama, Herigua, and all of this, and the, and, and the Sun people. What we call, the people we used to call Barwa, mm. is actually the people, our forebears, when they got here, they met these people. They call them the people of the South, Baburwa. The word Barwa comes from there. It's not a derogatory name. And it's because when our people met with them, they found that the languages they speak are structured the, like, the lang, the, like the Latin language. When you, when you, you, you talk, you start with, with the noun and go to the verb. In our languages, we start with the verb going to the noun. For instance, if you say, give me food, they, don't, they say, food, give me. You see, it, 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 it's that structure that our people notice that moment. These people of the South, they speak in this way. Of course, some of the words are a bit different and so on. When you say in their language, when you say Namakwa, you are actually saying, you are actually saying Kwanam. But with them, they start with the noun and go to the off. Namakwa, Kheri Kwa. Runa, we say Kwa Zulu, Ha Likota, and all that kind of thing. And so those are the people we found here. We took land from them. We conquered them. We came in bigger formations, stronger weapons, and all of that. And really we overtook. Go and look into the Soto. You'll see, you'll find them, paintings, they're everything everywhere. We defeated them. 
and they were nomadic. They were not settled like us. So they were the first people that met with, that were met by the Europeans that came to Europe. Now, that came to, to the Western Cape. Frank talk is wrong. Colonialism doesn't start with 1885. The first white people were Portuguese who got here were Portuguese. They arrived in the 1400s. In fact, their ships uh, 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 wrecked and they came on the land. But they didn't settle. They used to call the Cape the Cape of Storms. They didn't like it because of their initial experience. The Dutch came later. By 1652, when the Dutch sent Van Riebeck to establish a halfway station to the East Indies, 1885 is nowhere to be thought about. Most of the European powers were nowhere. They found there's no title. They negotiated peace with uh, agreements with uh, the Khoi. Auchumai was the leader of the Khoi. And they grew vegetable. They bought meat from them and all other things they needed. Some of them settled. And because they didn't come with any women, they intermarried. The first interaction between Africans and them became that. That's where the root of what you call the Cape Colored come from. They, then the, the Dutch brought the Filipino slaves who also intermarried. The guy, Stellenbosch, the, the guy van der Stel, who's, who's, after whom Stellenbosch is named, was actually born of a Filipino and a, Euro, and a European. This is hard, hard fact. So now you have this people that grew there and so on. I'll tell you more. D.F. Malan had relatives amongst the Malay, Malay slaves that were brought to the Cape. So colonialism starts, does not, 1652, you have that. And, and people acquire title, you have these people mixed, mixed blood. When the English took, in 1886, the English took over the Cape from the Dutch, they brought the Malay thing, and they introduced later on uh, a qualified franchise. Black, white, anybody, if you had so much land, if you earned so much, if you had per year, if you had so much uh, education, everybody could vote. Many of our people that you see in the, with these surnames and all of that uh, were, were actually on the voters' roll. There was a common voters' roll in the Cape, right, and, and Natal, and Natal, by the way, and Natal. Uh, although the qualified for, uh, qualification uh, uh, conditions in Natal were a little uh, stricter, but you also had qualified franchise. And these people were on the voters' roll. Then the Indian people got there as indentured laborers. When they ultimately settled, they also could work and acquired uh, property. When I say we are all South Africans, because history forces be above us, put us together. Therefore, we acquired franchise franchise in those ways. There was no qualifi there was no qualification rights for voting in the when the Free State was founded. And Free State is only founded in 1854. Uh, 52, 54 is uh, uh, the Transvaal or, or, or vice versa. Those uh, northern colonies did not give us rights as what we enjoy we enjoyed in the in, in the Cape province and in Natal right up to 1910 when South Africa became a union and so on. That was still the position. 
but we owned title, but there was no title. There was no title before the advent of white people. Land began to be sold. It raises the question in my mind. If we now want to take land from Kwamwendo uh, or or Ditlerk, by the way, many of whom themselves are already colored. Many white people are colored. The people don't know, but they are colored. You'll find black African DNA will show you all of them, the whole lot. Ferfoot was the only one who was not because he was born in, 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 the, in, in, in the Netherlands. And then he came here. That's why he came with all the strange theories of his year. Mm. So, so the, point, the, the, the point, therefore, that I'm making is if you take property from uh, Trevor Manuel because you say, well, uh, he's, he's not an African. And so on. To, to whom are you going to give that land? Because Trevor is a great-grandchild of the Koi. So if you take it from him, to whom are you going to take that, give that land? If you take that land from, from Van der Stel, great-grandchildren, to whom are you going to give it? Because they too will say, my grandfather, my grandmother came here as, as, uh, as slaves, and we are a product of this uh, situation here. The Malay. These people in the Western Cape, what are you going to do? The Indians here in, in, the, in the Cape. And ourselves, because so many of us are going in these African surnames, but we are carrying white blood in our veins. Right. We're going to open the lines, taking your questions. I promised you'd be able to interact with these different views. Uh, and some of you, the messages coming through, people disagreeing with you vehemently this morning, saying mm. you are distorting history. Mm. Uh, but let's hear the views from the callers. Uh, Eddie is in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina. Um, look, I, I must say thanks to Ntatelekota for the history lecture, but I think... That's not where we are, to be honest. I think we spent the whole hour with him lecturing us a history lesson in a university. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, um, starting from the Codessa, what did they, when he says they signed about land, what did they sign? What did they say must happen to land? What did they say when they buy land? Uh, a willing seller, willing buyer by the government. What was that land once it's bought by government? What was it going to be given to? Because he, he keeps on saying, if you take land, who are you going to give to? That's question number one. Question number two, um, I, I think Ntatelikota, um, um, well and good, you guys fought for this country and brought us democracy, but I think there's a DSE and, and, and of, of, of of, of, of ideas with you right now. I'm, I'm not surprised that COPE didn't survive because um, thinking of how much um, our people are so destitute um, 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 in, the, in the rural areas, for example, if I give you an example, people in the rural areas want to build houses. I've had an example of this. Uh, but then they are told the land, can, they cannot be given a title deed, even though they have got their rondavilles and everything there. So therefore, they can't go to the bank and get uh, a bond because the bank says the land doesn't belong to you. If we give you a bond and you don't pay, we will take it. Then there's issue of infrastructure. Those people build big houses there, but they waste nothing. So Ndatelokota and everyone should be exploring a situation that says, mustn't we have a bank 
that is a land bank that we used to have and try to work it away that there are guarantees from government that our people can have title deeds in the rural areas, farm and do all of these things. And finally, Sakina, I think um, we really need another Kodesa on the land issue. It can't be right that when you travel in Stellenbosch, like some of us that have worked in, in the Western Cape, you have fallow land lying around there with title deeds that people are not using, yet our people are on top of each other like sedins. I mean, come on, that can't be. We know our, we love our Mandela and everyone, but we cannot continue. Like, that's a, a, a tinderbox waiting to, 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 to explode. Okay. And in Tatelokota, I think, um, as a veteran, he will do better and pick up cope and try to join progressive parties like the FO or the DA or someone because my ANC that I'm carrying a card with um, voted against the, the, the expropriation the other day only for their president to turn around and say that was a good way to go. So they definitely are, are swimming in the cream. All of us that are poor down here are just looking up at them and, and wishing there are scraps that come down, but those scraps don't come okay. down. Okay, got you, Eddie. Um, Enoch is in Polukwane. Good morning. Uh, morning, thank you very much. I also want to commend uh, the court for his historical uh, submissions. Now, my, my, my first question is, I want Mr. Lukota's comment on this, that Kodesa did not exhaust all the problems of the new democracy. This, the, the other problems are supposed to be uh, resolved by the, the current uh, constituent assembly, which seems to be very lazy to think about these issues. I want to put this assertion. The second point, uh, I want to make this proposal that not all, not the, not the bulk of the land should be in private hands, whether black or white. I want to put it this way that perhaps central 20% can be privately owned, the rest owned by the state, and people will be used to, uh, 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 allowed to utilize the land. So that blacks who are poor should not be excluded from 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 owning land. Thank you. Thanks. Enoch, uh, Malusi in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Sakina and Tatelokota. Hello. Uh, Sakina, let's be honest. Um, I can hear the Delcote uttering the history of uh, a head is talking about Oppenheimer bought the land in the northwest. My question is, who did he buy it from? Who did he buy that land from? Who? Now, I, I wouldn't venture into the fact that, um, the, like, the, he talks about that we other Africans repossess other Africans the land. Now, let's talk about the land in Africa and South Africa. The land in South Africa and Africa belongs to Africans. Now, there is no settler who came to this country and bought a land. They, they depossess people the land. Somewhere they were killed because of land. They, they, they even built, the very same people who took the land from the people, built banks to make sure that that land is owned, they're indirectly owning that land through the shares in the bank, so that you are not able to uh, expropriate the land without compensation. Let's be honest in the telecorder. You might have been owning a farm, I understand, and you want to protect that property. But the problem is, where did it start from? Let's solve the injustice before 1913 Land Act, when people were dispossessed. Because now, we are sitting, let me be honest, we are sitting with a time bomb.
And the young people, as I'm young as I'm talking to, I'm very young. Let me be honest to you. We want our land back because we are the ones who are tilling the land at the farms. The, the very same people who say you are, they're owning farms and they're feeding the nation, they're not actually feeding the nation. There are black people who are feeding the nation who are running farms and tilling the land so that people have food. They found us tilling the land. It's just that the market might favor the certain color. But we are the ones who are working hard on the land. So the land, if it goes back to the state, they will be able to share it among the people who live in it. Not a person owning hectares and hectares of land. Actually, they not own them. It, it is land that was deposited from Africans. Okay. Thank you, Sakina. Thanks so much, Malusi. And then Timothy uh, Litwaba asked the same question. Who did Opperman buy the land from? Is, uh, is there a settler who brought land with them when they came here? The land was taken from its rightful owners, says Timothy. Ugly Duckling says, my question is, where has uh, the discussion on land taken us to uh, continued slavery? Is that where we headed? Uh, Ad Rev Chocolate says, I agree for progress. If everything, including land, we as a nation need to think collectively. Uh, Young Prophet says, does Mr. Lakota's speech in Parliament suggest wrongfulness uh, when discussing land reform? He is behaving like an imperialist. Uh, Kakiso Moeng says, when Europeans took the land, it was very catastrophic for the dispossessed. So catastrophe is the only thing that Africans know. And uh, Gecko Publishing says, land is capital. Land is not just farming. And we must stop reducing the land question to farming. So, uh, Mr. Lekota. Thank you very much. Sakina, first of all, let us say this. We, must, we cannot ignore the facts of history. After every uh, where wars happened, such as, for instance, between Basotho and uh, the English, when the wars were, were in the Free State and, and Lesotho, when the wars were finished, peace treaties were signed. Now, the leaders of our people at that time signed peace treaties. Agreement was struck on how they were, they were going to interact and all of that. After the wars, for instance, in KZN, if you, if you like, uh, it was then uh, Zululand, it was the, the, the territory of the Zulu. Peace treaties were signed. Agreement was struck on how they would interact going forward. That's why Natal, Natal had a qualified franchise. Similarly, in the Cape, other than deep in the Deep South, Northern Cape, uh, Western Cape, and, but in the Eastern part, Peace treaties were signed from time to time. Mm. So, so agreements on how to acquire land. Let's bring it forward. Yeah, you're sitting there, um, paging through the constitution, your yes. copy of the constitution. Yes. And what the listeners are asking is, so where does the solution lie today? And uh, just to uh, you know paraphrase some of the comments, the majority of them coming through, they are saying that our leaders in um, are sold out during Codesa. To whom? They failed to answer this land question successfully for the majority of South Africans. And uh, saying that because you were part of that project, it stands to reason, therefore, that you are defending it now. Look, let me say this, uh, Sakina. The first point I'd like to make, can, can we agree, because this is true, no section of the population of South Africa was not represented at Codesa. 
at least by the recognized leaders, represented by the recognized leaders of the people at that time. And we were also represented there. We were there. And what we did there, when you look at, the, if you look at this, comrades must go and read the constitution, really. Because if you look at, at, at uh, section 25, 25, subsection 5, subsection 7, we say there, a person or community dispossessed of property after the 19th of June, 1913, as a result of past racially discriminatory laws or practices, is entitled to the extent provided by an act of parliament, either to restitution of that property or to equitable redress. In 1913, Herzog passed, moved, and laws were passed which said Africans may not own land on 80, on 80, no, on 90, 90, 92% or so of the of the territory of South Africa. What that did, and comrades must go and read the records of uh, of native life in South Africa, which is written by Plaki, Sol Plaki, the first secretary of the ANC. Mm-hmm. What that did was all the people, the Africans who had bought land, who had title to their land, many of them lost it. They lost their lands. And this is what we answered here. We said all the people that or families that still have their title, please bring your title. Or whatever evidence you can produce that will show that this particular land belonged to our family or whatever and so on. And that letter will be re- that land will be returned to you. Mm. But people would say that constitution uh, in itself is not cast in stone. It can be amended. Um, how do you address then the question of people saying that uh, what that does is that it entrenches an unjust system that disenfranchised millions of Africans uh, that continue to suffer to this day uh, that legacy of landlessness? We must not say that it disenfranchised. I've already said to you. It doesn't? No, no. I, I, I've already said to you, and I say this again. The qualified friend, the conditions to qualify to vote, both in the Cape and in Natal, were applied to everybody on the general, as a general rule. Whatever you were Indian, Malay, origin, African, what? Everybody. And that's why everybody could acquire land. That's why everybody was on the common voters' roll. The situ- no, that's the first point. We, can, we must not claim. No, but how then do we get from that situation to where we are today? Yes, we we dealt with this step by step. I'm I'm dealing now with the I finished with the Cape and the Transvaal. I'm sorry, and Natal. That is what happened there. In the northern provinces of the Free State and Transvaal, we didn't have qualified franchise, and our people sued for that. That's why African leaders went to England to say to England, "You can't hand over." South Africa, the whole of South Africa, to these guys who, in the in the Free State and Transvaal, are excluding us. But the English, of course, betrayed us in that regard because they did not agree to that. That led to the formation of the ANC in 1912 to fight to fight for equal rights. ANC was formed to bring about democracy as we have it today, where everybody, black and white, can vote, whereas. The Union, uh, the Union Act 
did not give that equal rights to everybody. So we struggled for that. When we won democracy in, 19, uh, in 1994, we negotiated this clause that all the people that have been dispossessed of their land, it must go back to them. And we made these provisions here that the government must... It's a, if, if you read the whole... I can't read the whole of this. I, I, I don't have time to read the whole of this. But it does say that uh, there must be re- restoration and there must be reversal of those laws that uh, resulted in people denied land. For instance, if you said we could not own property in Soweto, people today can own property in Soweto because this government changed it and gave that property. But there's more that can be done. And by the way, Sakina, there's no shortage of land to give to the people. Please, comrades, let's say that up front. So why isn't the it people, happening? No, because the government is not doing it. Why is the government not taking... There's huge amount of land in the hands of government. There's nothing preventing the government from, from zoning land for, for accommodation and giving it to the people on whatever condition they create. But we can't say this constitution says don't give Africans land. It says clearly that where there, there have been racial uh, effects of racial discrimination that have led to people being left without land. That must be corrected. Wait, let me say say the amount. And then then as as, as Dimpo says, while you're looking for that, he says uh, the problem with Ntate Kota is that um, he presupposes that the land dispossession started in 1913. No, I I didn't say that. Please, man. I said the major, major recognizable thing. Well, the Constitution, even this Constitution says that. Codesa said that. That the major dispossession... To, that is recognizable after a title was introduced was that one. So, you heard it, Ndatele Kota of COPE and uh, his views on this land question and we'll be bringing you many, many more. Uh, so, uh, we'll have to ask you to uh, strap yourselves in uh, because unfortunately, uh, you know, you will views that you don't concur with but you will hear them all the same because I think it's important that we listen to these various inputs in uh, trying to come to a solution to this problem. Yes. Sakina, the last point I really want to make is, it is true that business, business, you can't start business unless you have capital. So it is true that lots of people mobilized money abroad and came and invest here. It's not a new thing. To this day, people still, we still call for foreign investors so that we can create jobs, so that we can expand our economy and all of that. Anglo-American, for instance, was founded when as a result of Oppenheimer mobilizing, as a CEO of the British company here, mobilized fund capital from British, long-term capital from British and Americans. And the reason is called Anglo-American. It's because Anglo-American is not Oppenheimer's property. It is the property of British and American long-term capital that was invested here when they formed the company in 1917. So this is true. The banks... Even, even ourselves, if you want to go and bank anywhere, how can you do that if you don't go through the banks? All the countries mm. of the world do it. This is what every person does. And I think that what we need to do is to transform, to transform the people of our country into effective instruments of transformation. We must give our children education and training. We must make sure that they are competent, they have skills and necess- necessary ability to enter the market in their own name and right to 
to then, of course, set, and with the support of government, to develop into top business people that can own, not from freebies, but from their own capacity to do so. But government must support that.